All right, good morning, church family. Good morning. Welcome to all our guests, visitors, and friends. I'm glad everyone's here. I have the, I have the privilege of standing here and seeing all of your beautiful faces. You guys are awesome. You're awesome. Aww. Hi, Mackenzie. Hi. Hi. She's awesome. All right, so, um, so we had a bit of a schedule change, so we're putting a one-week pause on our study of the book of Romans. Uh, Tommy's actually going to share next week uh, the beginning part of Romans 12. So today we're going to look at uh, a few things. Uh, about, about halfway into the message, we'll get to 1 Corinthians 12, so um, if you need a place to go in your Bible, it would be that, 1 Corinthians 12, page 959. I shouldn't say if you need to, you get to. You get to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, page 959 in the Bible is provided. We'll get there in a little bit. Some other verses to talk about. Uh, so this morning we begin a new week, amen? amen? Right, the week begins on Sunday, not Monday, hallelujah. And so we get to begin our week together, journeying together, uh, developing a deeper faith together as a church family. Now, question, are, are you hoping the week you're stepping into looks a little like this? There we go. Are you hoping that? Now, even last week I showed this slide and somebody complained, no, Tim, it should be down. Like, down, they weren't really complaining, they were just making a joke. So, so smooth sailing, right? You hope your week is smooth sailing. Uh, you you hope your week is executed flawlessly, there are no interruptions, no bumps in the road, and no unforeseen circumstances. Who wants a week like that? Okay, everybody raise your hand, because I know that's what we all want, right? And while we may be hoping for that, we all know it's not going to happen. Instead, our weeks are going to be some version of this. You will not complete every task on your list. There will be interruptions. There will be unforeseen circumstances. And there very possibly will be some pain, some anxiety, some sadness, some disappointment, and some fear. And that's just Monday. Well, here's the good news. Did you ever notice that because we don't have smooth sailing weeks, but God is sovereign, why is that? Maybe because he didn't design us for those kind of weeks. He designed us for weeks of challenge. He designed us to weather the storms of life. He designed us to live in victory despite our circumstances. He designed us to walk by faith and not by sight, to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. He designed us to experience peace and joy and love as we journey on the path that he set before us. And he's designed us to be part of the body of Christ so that we would have the strength for the journey. Where is a ship safest? In the harbor. There's no waves, there's no storms, there's no chance anything will break because nothing's happening. A ship in the harbor is safe 
but a ship in the harbor is also useless. A ship was not designed to sit in the harbor, and we are not designed for a life of smooth sailing. I hope that didn't ruin your day. (laughs) We're designed by God for a great adventure with Jesus. And so today I just thought as we pause and uh, get to the book or back to the book of Romans next week that we would ask this question, how do we live the life God has designed for us? How do we live out the great adventure? Now we can't answer that question all today, but just part of the answer to that question is that we journey together as a church family. So this morning I want to address two questions. The first is, how do we journey together, and how do we set the pace for that journey? How do we set the pace for that journey? So question number one, how do we journey together? To answer this question, I want to focus on the word bear, okay? And so there should be a picture of a bear up there. Is there a picture of of a bear up there? All right. Somebody said, why didn't you pick uh, Winnie the Pooh? Okay. Is he really a bear? He's a fake bear. He's a stuffed bear. We, we want real, the real thing. All right. So when someone describes another person as a bear, do you still say that? Oh, he's a bear. Yeah. What, 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 are, you, what are you thinking of when you say that person is a bear? They're rough. They're grumpy. They're difficult. Not good. All right. Well, I want to change your paradigm today about the word bear. I want to shift our paradigms. I want to talk about two bears that are descriptive of who we are and who we're becoming as a church family. Hey, boo-boo, that's not one of them. And you guys are thinking all kinds of bears. Listen to me. Listen to my bears. All right. All right, are you with me now? All right, so here's the first bear. The first bear is... Oh, oh. It's okay, you're good, Mike. I'm going to make you sing a closing song now. All right, and everyone just... All right, so here we go. Our first bear is calm bear. Everybody take a deep breath. Let's get a little calm here. Okay, Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 3, it says this. This is Paul writing. He says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So as we journey together as a church family, we need to be humble. We need to be gentle. We need to patiently bear with one another in love. So you know what that means. That means when I make a mistake, when I goof up, when I do something you don't like, you have to bear with me in love. And when you make a mistake, when you do something I don't like, I have to be patient with you. And I have to love you anyway. I don't have to, though. I get to. I get to love you anyway. 
We need to lovingly put up with each other's faults and failures. Let me say that again. We need to lovingly put up with each other's faults and failures. That's what makes the church different than the world. We need to make loving others a priority over getting our way or being right. I learned a new word from my daughter Naomi. It's a four-letter word. She was telling me about an activity that she did with some of the kids at Crossroads, uh, her and some of the other uh, teachers. And the word is SMAD. Anybody ever heard that word? S-M-A-D, SMAD. Okay, yeah, of course, Tommy and Nicole did because she shared it with all of us. Okay, this is when you're, it's an emotion, describes an emotion when you're sad and mad at the same time. Now you know what SMAD is, right? Everybody's been there. Sad and mad at the same time. You know what makes me smad? Besides myself, when I make a mistake or do something that I shouldn't. But when Calm Bear becomes angry, offended, I have to make them pay Bear. And then the the harmony and the peace of the church family gets disrupted. And before we think about someone else in the flesh, I know I can, and I know we all can find ourselves. When we get in a situation, we can become that bear, the angry, offended, I'm going to make them pay bear. And so we need to hear and be reminded of God's word. The reason Paul wrote this is so we would remember it. He said, we're to walk with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Calm bear. We need to bear with each other in love in order to journey together as the church family. And when we do that, the world will go, what in the world is going on there? Because it's not going on anywhere else. So our first bear is calm bear. Second bear is care bear. Remember the care bears? Who remembers the care bears? Who's your favorite care bear? Sunshine. All right. Who else? Anybody else have a favorite care bear? Share bear. Anybody else? That's it? Weren't there like a hundred of them? Grumpy bear? What are you saying, Sharon? Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. So, care bear. So, Galatians 6, 2 says this. Bear one another's burdens. Listen to this. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Fulfill the law of Christ. How do we fulfill the law of Christ? Someone said, how do you fulfill the law of Christ? There it is. Bear one another's burdens. What a powerful verse. All right, let's go to the next picture. Get away from the bear. We're still talking about bear. So this is, uh, is, is, is Clayton. No, Clayton's not in here. Darn. This is a picture of soldiers doing a combination team building exercise and fitness exercise. Today they call it CrossFit. Back in my day we called it torture. 
So when you look at that, who's carrying the most weight? Okay, okay. Calm bear. You know what? It doesn't matter who's carrying the most weight as long as the load is carried. The truth is it takes everyone's maximum effort to carry that log from one place to the other. So here's my experience with log drills back in my uh, army days. No one is focused on doing the least they can to get by. Number two, no one is focused on themselves. Everybody's focused on the log. Everyone is focused on moving the log to where it needs to go. And for everyone carries as much weight as they can despite their own struggles. And so I thought, you know, our journey together as a church family is a lot like doing the log drill. No one in this church family focused on doing the least they can to get by. No one's focused on themselves. Everyone is focused on moving the church family forward on the path that the Lord has given us. And everyone carries as much weight as they can, despite their own struggles. So when someone in our church family has a burden, we help them carry it. And when we do that, what happens? We fulfill the law of Christ. So we love others by bearing with them in love and by bearing one another's burdens. But can we acknowledge that doing that, loving others, bearing their burdens, can be difficult? Amen? So listen to what C.S. Lewis wrote in his book, The Four Loves. He wrote this, To love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping your heart intact, here's what you do, C.S. Lewis says. If you want to make sure you're, uh, of keeping your heart intact, you must give your heart to no one. Wrap it carefully around hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up. Lock your heart up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. Put in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. Your heart will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, and irredeemable. The only place outside heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers of love is in hell. Bearing with one another in love, bearing one another's burdens is hard. And it can wear us out. Sometimes it even looks like this video I'm about to show you. It's a video from Lord of the Rings. Sam and Frodo approaching the uh, volcano place, whatever it's called. Let's watch. Do you remember the taste of strawberries? Of water, uh, touch of 
across. Naked in the dark. No veil between me and the wheel of fire. I can see him with my waking eyes. Then let us be rid of it. Once and for all. Come on, Mr. Frodo. I can't carry it for you. But I can carry you. Come on! What a great line. I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Sometimes loving others requires us to carry them while they carry their own burden. I'm a little... Uh, a little emotional right now, not because of the video, although that's a great scene. But I, the Lord just reminded me as I was sitting there, uh, 16 years almost to the day uh, I deployed to Iraq. And I went with great peace. Uh, and I know I've shared this before, but I went with great peace because... I knew that no matter how I came back, if I came back, this church family would take care of Betsy and our six kids who were all under 18 at the time. You couldn't carry that burden for me, but I knew you would carry my family if that was needed. So how do we love each other how do we love others when it's so hard? How do we love others when, or, or without falling apart? Well, we need to do it together. We cannot love well unless we love together. We cannot love well unless we journey together. And we need to do it in the Lord's strength. Here's what's really cool. As we bear one another's burdens, the Lord bears all of our burdens. In Psalm 68, verse 19, two versions, the New International Version says this, Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. In Psalm 68, 19, in the ESV version, says, Blessed be the Lord, who da daily bears us up. God is our salvation. So as we journey together as a church family, we bear with one another in love, and we bear each other's burdens, and we have the strength to do this because the Lord daily bears our burdens. So how do we journey together? We bear one another's burdens. 
and we bear with one another in love. How do we set the pace? Who sets the pace for our journey together? Have you ever been on a trip? Betsy and I, we had a friend when we lived in Germany years and years and years ago, and we'd go uh, on trips with him, and this guy walked so fast. Do you remember, Tris? He walked so fast, like, like he'd get somewhere and see everything, and then by the time we got there with his wife, he was done, and he was off to the next place. And we're like, dude, we didn't even see this. Okay, his pace wasn't very good because nobody could keep up with him. So who sets the pace, and how, how do we set the pace? What are some answers about this? So, so think for a moment about a, a crew of a ship. Uh, you'd think I was in the Navy instead of the Army, but a crew of the ship, right? How fast does the crew of the ship go? It goes as fast as the ship is moving. Even though the crew, they all have their jobs. There's the cooks and the mechanics and the radar operators, but they only go as fast as the captain of the ship uh, sets the speed for the ship. And that's like the church. The Bible tells us that the church is the body of Christ. And so the head of the church is Jesus, and so he sets the pace. But he doesn't just set the pace for the capital C church, the church universal, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11.4, he says, when you come together as a church, he's writing to a local church, and so Jesus sets the pace for the local church as well. So this local church, Kirtland Christian Fellowship, Jesus is the head, and he sets the pace. So how do we respond then to the pace that Jesus is setting? Well, there's four things I want to share real quickly. The first is this. We recognize that we all have different gifts. In verse 4 through 6 in 1 Corinthians 12, Now there are, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And so it's like this puzzle. In this church family, we have many different gifts and many different callings. And God's empowered those gifts, and he's empowered those callings in each of us. We're like this puzzle that gets put together. When you look at one puzzle piece, it doesn't make much sense, but when you put the whole puzzle together, it's a beautiful picture. So when I look out here, I see the puzzle put together, and you guys are beautiful. Did I say that already? You guys are beautiful. This beautiful uh, work of art by God. And this should encourage us because most of us, hopefully none of us, wake up and go, man, I'm beautiful. I don't need anybody else. I'm just so beautiful. The world is my, what is that saying? My oyster. We don't think that way, and that's good because we're only beautiful together. Because, I mean, think about it. If, if you see a spleen laying on the sidewalk, not very beautiful but we all need a spleen, right? The whole body is beautiful, not individual parts. Second, we recognize that our gifts are for the common good of the church. Verse 12 or chapter 12 verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Later in verse chapter 14 verse 12, Paul writes, "So with yourselves since you are eager for manifestations of the spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. So the gifts God has given me aren't for me. 
They're for the church. And the gifts God has given you aren't for you. They're for the rest of us. Think about Jesus when Jesus came, right? He came to seek and save the lost. He came to save his people from their sins. He came for others. Nothing Jesus did as he walked on the earth and did his earthly ministry was for himself. Third, we recognize that all of us are an important body, important part of the body, and make important contributions. All of us together, but individually, we are all an important part of the body. For the body, verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Who arranged the members of the body? God did. God put us together to be his people and to shine light into the darkness. He chose to put us together. And here's some more good news. Who, if you were on a sports team growing up, who likes sitting on the bench? Anyone? Once in a while, somebody's like, yeah, I'd much rather sit on the bench. It's too dangerous out there. Well, here's the good news. In the church, there is no bench to sit on. There is no bench to sit on. We all get to play in the game. We all get to be part of the mission of the church. We're all in the boat called the church family. We all get to row together. So who sets the pace? Verse 25 through 28 says this, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, the miracles and gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. So verse 27 tells us that we are the body of Christ, and therefore that makes Jesus the head of the body. Ultimately, Jesus sets the pace for the church. Verse 28 tells us that God appoints the leaders of different areas in the church, and those leaders set the pace. For those they lead. So as we look at this picture, who's the leader in that picture? The person all the way to the right, right? Not the dude holding his phone. He's not a leader. He's a whatever. The young lady there, she's first in the mud, she's first out of the mud, and she's the muddiest. Doesn't that sound like leadership? So there are times when the leaders set the pace. But how about in verse 25 and 26, it tells us that we are to have the same care for one another, and if one member suffers, all suffer together. So who's the pace setter in this picture? The wounded soldier in the poncho. That squad of soldiers is slowed down because of 
their brother who's been wounded, and they have to go at his pace. They have to carry him. But because they carry him, they develop a bond with one another and with him. They're a stronger team because of going through that together. So in the church family, sometimes it's the one who is wounded and broken that sets the pace. And that's okay. We become stronger as a church family when we care for one another. So we all have a role to play in setting the pace. Sometimes as leaders, sometimes as followers, sometimes broken and wounded and needing extra care. So Jesus is the head of this church, this church family. He calls us to bear with one another in love. He calls us to carry one another's burdens. He's given us all different gifts. We're all important to God's plan for this church family. And we're to use those gifts to build up the church and glorify the Lord. And we can journey together as a church family because while we're bearing one another's burdens, he's bearing all of our burdens. Let me repeat Psalm 68, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. So I just want to end with this question and then we'll pray. What burden today do you need to be saved from? God is our salvation. He daily bears us up. What are you struggling with that you need the Lord to bear that burden? Just take a moment and reflect on that, and then we'll pray. What do you need the Lord to do today? What burden do you need him to bear? Lord, we are grateful that you bear our burdens. And Lord, we're grateful that you designed us for a great adventure and not to sit in the safety of a harbor being useless. Lord, we're grateful that you put us together as a church family that we have brothers and sisters who will bear our burdens and who will love us even when we're unlovable. And so we're grateful, Lord. And Lord, I just ask that you, you know what all of us thought, Lord, what burden is on our heart today. And Lord, I pray that today and this week, as we follow you, that you would lift those burdens. That you would bring healing where healing's needed. That you would restore relationships where uh, relationships are broken. That you would mend broken hearts. That you would give wisdom where there's confusion or whatever the request is. Lord, I pray that you would lift our burdens. 
so that we would be able to carry each other's burdens and that we'd be able to bear with one another in love and that we would be able to be light to the world. That the world would look at how we journey together and would want to join that journey to experience the love that we have that comes from you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 There's no closing song, so we're dismissed.